0: Roxo Media House. Welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club potting before our frog army descends on the Glendale Desert. I'm your host Kyle Malloy at YLMK on Twitter. I'm joined by my co-host Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors. Jacob, you told us last week uh, what you wanted for Christmas. You know what you asked Santa for, but wondering if you have any New Year's resolutions. This is our last week of 2022 or maybe not even resolution, sometimes that's a little cliche, but maybe something you're looking forward to, uh, maybe a big trip planned, like
1: any goals you have, what's going on for 2023? I don't know about you guys. I've never been a big resolution guy. I've always thought, well, if it's something worth doing in the new year, I might as well start now, whether it's October, November, May, June, whatever. Um, Are you guys resolution guys? Yeah, every
2: year at midnight, floss my teeth. Boom, blood everywhere. Blood <laughs> everywhere
3: for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to agree with Ray. It's not really like a resolution, like one specific thing, but more like clean slate, you know, let's live a better life. And then by like January 3rd, it's it's over. And done. Right, all
1: those bad habits come back. I yeah. do say like, I want to read 12 books this year and I make it through halfway through book one yeah. <laughs> before I give up on that. I tried that uh, a couple of years ago, like one book a month, and I think I got through like six. But it's still, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I got that's happy. really At least good rel-
1: relative to me. <laughs> but how was y'all's Christmas? Well, let's so, introduce Ray and Martin first.
0: Oh yeah, I uh, I forgot. As always, we we are joined uh, by uh, straight from the TCU women's basketball practice, our leading correspondent, Crazy Ray Cartwright, um, as well as the Sultan of stat himself martin guerrero um guys how are you doing i'm
2: doing good uh i do have a quick question for you before we get into christmas talk have y'all ever had to get up in front of a team and give a speech oh yeah
3: yes
1: oh oh, yeah a lot why did you did you have to motivate the women's basketball team they, they asked ray to give a speech tonight So tonight
2: I gave, it wasn't like a speech, speech. It was more get up and introduce myself. What do I do? Uh, Why, why I'm here and how I can help them
1: kind of thing. Are you talking about as not a coach? As not a, well, I mean, coach, player. I've coached a lot of teams, but aside that I was a captain on my baseball team in high school. So I kind of had to, you know, talk and then all the guys would make fun of me because I was (laughs) a captain. So they tried to take me down a notch, you know? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes deservedly yep. so
1: i know <laughs> i ne- i needed it in sports where i've had to give up and give a speech in front of the entire team and were you, you like know, the barstool I- guy who stormed the court last year and then he found himself having to give a speech to the men's basketball <laughs> team <laughs> caleb presley <laughs> no well it was it was roney roney or whatever oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: uh not quite like that but um I was a little caught off guard when uh, Raken brought me out and said, now, Ray, I want you to introduce yourself. Uh, then she told. Hi, guys. <laughs> <I'm right>.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it was really cool. I thought I, uh, so we're it.
1: winning an Addy now?
2: No.
3: Were um, you as good as baby Josh <laughs> yeah. We're
1: no, going to miss the tournament it. now because of your speech?
2: Probably.
3: Did they respond with, you ain't never played women's basketball?
2: (laughs) You never played the game, nerd. Yeah, go sit down, get back to your MacBook. Yeah, go do your stats, take your TI
1: 83 out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Analytic bitch. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like, you know, when you have to give a speech like that, if you're not prepared, it can go one of two ways, you know, like it can really be. Um genuine and kind of come from the heart, you know, you get, get motivated and, and kind of say things that really fire people up, or it can just be the most awkward thing where people are just waiting for you to stop, you know.
1: The inches, the inches are everywhere, they're all around yeah.
2: <laughs> 100 no, percent I can't
1: do it for you, I'm too old.
3: <laughs> or did you go Ron Washington?
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell them what you think Baylor's about the Baylor Bears. Fucking ass on the
2: Saturday.
1: <laughs> We're gonna beat those uh, fucking bears. All right, so Christmas, any guy, y'all have highlights? Yeah, I've got some highlights and lowlights. So
0: Santa brought. Start
1: with the lowlights. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, here we go. Santa brought a trampoline this year. Um, for That's the kids. No
1: spring trampoline.
0: A uh, spring-free trampoline. Oh, yeah. Um, I spent. Uh, three and a half hours on Christmas Eve. Out, actually, I'm fortunate that it was about 35 degrees and sunny, so it wasn't crazy cold. Um, physically very demanding. Have you guys ever mm-hmm. put a trampoline together before? Uh, yes.
1: One with springs, though.
0: Okay, so it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, and there were a couple times that Anna and I almost gave up, like to the point where we couldn't get something to work correctly. We had to backtrack a few times because. You know, would Santa give up Santa would not give up That's and we right. thought of we thought of that and so <laughs> we finish we finish with uh, literally minutes to spare before we have to get dressed changed walk Start into coffee church. we walk in and sit down uh, at, at church started at 430 and we sat down at 4 30 I mean you're 30 yeah
1: in the morning no
0: pm. Oh. No, 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 There's, you know, there's services all day on Christmas Eve, like every hour. They I have guess. A, yeah. I so usually we go before, before dinner time.
1: Cowboys right? were on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It was still packed. Um, <laughs> so you can tell who really
0: uh, loves God.
3: Bandwagon uh, <laughs> fans.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a stressful day. We got it. We got it knocked out. And mm-hmm. the, the most fun part about it was I actually made a scavenger hunt for the kids. They mm-hmm. had to follow uh different clues throughout the house those are the uh, best and i mean you know they, they shared on kind of reading them off and kind of trying to figure out where to go next and the obvious, obviously the last one was was running outside and it was obviously freezing in the morning but they didn't care and they jumped on the trampoline for four or five hours on christmas day so it ended up being a blast it was a now was impact.
2: it you that made the scavenger or was it santa that gave them a scavenger hunt? Well, yeah
0: well, well santa did of course right but um i you know Honestly, at first I was like, "Oh man, I got to write this scavenger hunt." But when I started to sit down and come up with the clues and trying to come up with rhymes and stuff, I it really came pretty quickly because I was enjoying it. I had a, I had a, I mean I haven't done anything like that in a long time. So that's how but,
1: I, I that's how I figured out Santa as a kid. I found um, Santa's scavenger hunt on my mom's computer when I was in like sixth, fifth fifth mm, grade or so. Oh no! <laughs> my, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I knew it all along."
0: This, <laughs> this so for the first time this year, my son asked. <laughs> um asked my wife you know he said you know is santa my real? wife is, is santa real and you know we've obviously lied to him for years and but this is one of those times he was asking kind of genuinely um and, and kind of gave broke him the news but he was not sad he was totally cool with
1: it and he's like yeah how do you handle that
0: well she just she wasn't happy about it but she told him the truth and he took it really well. And then he was like, man, I feel so bad for you guys. And she's like, why? He's like, you've just done so much work every year for yeah, us." Yeah, and get you know? no
1: credit. <laughs> yeah. So the way my parents got around that was we would have gifts on Christmas Eve from mom and dad, you know, so they could get some glory. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have, you know, like toys and stuff on Christmas day from Santa.
0: Exactly. And we do the same thing. And, yeah. you know, and then we threatened him with his life, you know, don't tell your sisters or, you know, you don't get anything. Yeah, I got to so. keep it
1: alive. So I saw something. I th- I think someone showed me something on Pinterest about the way you can explain it to your kids about Santa's real in the sense that we believe and keep his spirit alive. It kind of it's like a middle ground that it yeah. doesn't completely zap all the magic, but you don't lie to the kids either. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I There's a done.
2: quote from uh, the Polar Express that uh, reminds me of that. It says the true spirit of Christmas lies within your own heart.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It was around. It was around that same premise. Is I that what you told the? Uh, is that what you told the <laughs> the basketball team? Yeah. That's <laughs> I, you, I, I feel yeah. bad for all the uh, twelve and under listeners of the podcast that are just crying right now, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> while they're all driving to Glendale. Yeah. They're in shambles.
3: <laughs> I think I think most of them figure it out by like seven or eight.
1: Yeah, I always wondered about that in the era of smartphones, like when you're like seven and you first have the, the question, you think this is real? I don't know. Let me Google it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like boom, it's over, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that, you know, I see my nieces and nephews. They're not old enough to have smartphones or anything, but it's kind of cool that it's 2022 and, you know, they're able to keep Santa alive for them. I think it also
0: depends on their friends too. Um, you know, kind of what they talk about. My The thing is, my son is, He's, he's, he's smart, but he's, he's aloof as hell. Like he (laughs) just things kind of fly over him. He doesn't really pay attention to a lot of stuff. It's like
1: MK and recruiting. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. I mean,
0: like, I know it's out there, but I don't really, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what's going on right now. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, we had actually, we were in town the whole time, very low key Christmas and it was a perfect uh, weekend for us, for the, for the MKs. So.
1: Yeah. Else? So f- for us, we did family Christmas on, um, the 23rd because my brothers have to go off with their wives and their families for the rest of the weekend. So we did that. That was a lot of fun. Um, for Christmas Eve, it was just me, my dad and my mom and my dad and I watched the Cowboys. And then we went out to dinner and then on Christmas day, we went over to my brothers after they opened their Santa gifts and, uh, played games and drank with them. And I don't, it was, it was all of a blur of a weekend, just constant drinking and laughing and, fun and very little sleep so that was my christmas
2: yeah i know me and jacob did a space a twitter we jumped into some random twitter space that was fun uh, i think that was
1: that was the 23rd yeah
2: Yeah. and i was i was on until 8 30 in the morning i think jacob said he was there till 9 30
1: no i fell asleep around 6 a.m and my phone just stayed on until 9 30. yep it was fun um Yeah, we got interviewed by, it was, okay, so how do we say this? It was a Twitter spaces hosted by people that don't look like us. (laughs) And we were science experiments to them. So they were asking us about where we were on January 6th. Have we ever said the N word? (laughs) That's where Ray and I found ourselves. MK, where were you on
0: January 6th? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, actually, I remember that day because my, my old dog passed away that morning. So that was wow. a really, so you're a, the
1: real victim here.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> What I'm saying is I have proof that I was in my
2: house. Yeah. No. Well, he was so upset about his dog passing. He went to the Capitol to riot. That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But Cowboys won Martin. Do you have a good Christmas?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Christmas. Good.
1: Cool. Well, y'all ready to talk Michigan? That's the most words
0: Martin said in a while. Thanks for, thanks for the update.
3: Anytime. Hey,
1: let's start with let's start with this. So of the four of us, I think, are you going to Glendale?
3: Who are you talking to?
1: I said MK.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. I will be there uh, heading out on the 30th. We're staying actually till the 2nd. So we've got a nice little, nice little trip that's, planned. That's the same time I'm saying. Are you flying Southwest? Not flying Southwest, thank goodness. If you are in the car right now driving we just want to say this pod god bless you you. yeah shout out uh this pod uh hopefully you're you know it's it's helping your way all the way to arizona but man that sucks that that really
1: sucks man there's a lot of people on twitter they're getting screwed by this well we'll just have
2: to make sure to podcast for 14 hours to get them all the way there right uh, yeah just
1: just guide them all the way in
0: You guys said you stay up till 6 a.m. I've been looking, you know, I've been wanting to do that for a long time, basically since college. So let's go.
1: (laughs) Don't don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. It sets a bad precedent for the rest of the weekend. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. Well, let's see. So you guys ready to get into Michigan? On to Michigan. Um,
0: I don't know if you've heard, Jacob, but uh, TCU doesn't really have a chance in this game, so – I, I thought about kind of tweeting the you know, uh, Sonny and maybe some of the players and just going, guys, I'm not sure if it's worth it. I, I actually I'm thinking about your health, you know, long term as a, right as a person. Uh, I, don't, I don't want any concussions or bruises. So, I, you know, why don't we just call it a call it a great year and head back, you know, your, your seven and a half point dogs, Michigan. I don't know if you've seen the size of their stadium, but yeah, they, they just have no shot.
1: And I look at their logo and I just see history. And then I'll look at TC's logo and say, who's this up-and-comer private school? They can't play Little, football. They're nobodies. It's, it's been a cute story the whole yeah. year. Yeah, they're basically Cincinnati. <laughs> it's, uh, I, so
0: I, I, have, I have listened to quite a bit of podcasts. Um, I, li- I, I probably listened to too much podcasts on college and and pro football. And if you, um, kind of go, not every one of them has done their Fiesta game preview, but so far the playoff has been talked about for weeks, right? Obviously. And if you're looking at, you know, podcasts like ESPN college game day, the Andy Staples show, the audible with, uh, you know, Stu Mandel and Bruce Feldman, there's the college football Enquirer with uh, the Yahoo writers even split zone duo, which I like, because they kind of get into like t- t- totally different stuff. Everyone's talking about the game so far, and I and I, I guess we have a few days to prove me wrong on this. There is not a single blogger, writer, or podcaster that is choosing TCU to upset Michigan. Like if they're well, just going to say straight up. Now it doesn't matter. It really, honestly, I, I don't care about that. No. Like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. You know, I'm not looking for that. Like oh, please, somebody choose us because everyone's picked against the frogs all year. Um, I just, I, I feel like, uh, I, I think that we can attack this conversation a little bit differently because of obviously we're, um, homers. Right. But, uh, it's, it's just not, it's not surprising to me. It actually doesn't even bother me. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys are, it doesn't upset me. that
1: No, cause it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, even you can just look at this year. Um, If you go back, if you just use the ESPN game predictor, when we played Texas, Texas had, according to ESPN's game predictor, a 75% chance of winning. I think for this Michigan game, they're at 63%. And we manhandled Texas that whole game. Now, yeah, they had success putting pressure on, on Max Duggan and beating up our offensive line a little bit. But we went into that game with no fear and had a plan, executed it, and the game was really not all that close. The only place it was close was on the scoreboard for most of the game. And you, I think have, if we're going to win this game, it's going to have to go a lot like that.
0: Have you heard the, um, you know, kind of the mantra where, where TCU is, is it, it's an explosive team, right? Just they are. From, an, from an offensive side, they thrive on kind of those, those big plays. Yeah, and that, that certainly happened in the Texas game. You had the 75 yard run by Kendry Miller. You had that mm-hmm. uh, the busted coverage with Quentin Johnson where he scores, he jumps up because he thinks somebody's around him and nobody's around him. Yes. and, and where it, for most of the year, explosive plays, explosive offense is a positive. And in this game, it has been almost turned upside down where they're saying well, because
1: in most cases, MK, it's not, when you have an explosive offense, it's not as sustainable and predictable, right. but I think the frogs are kind of the exception to that. But when you do it, it for 12 point, games in a row,
3: you know? Yeah, like exactly. For, That's what
1: I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. But also in that Texas game, how many drives do we have inside the damn 30 that we came away with with no points? Yeah. You know, it between penalties and bad sacks and missed field goals and, Getting stopped on fourth down, you know, we left a lot of points on the board when you know we were penetrating well into their territory, way more than Texas was against us. And the reason we're bringing this game up again is because you know, if you want to look at an historical precedent for this Michigan game, it is that Texas game. I think Texas and Michigan are very, very similar.
2: I completely agree with that. I think, I mean, it could even—I kind of think the game could play out that way, right? You know, everyone's expecting offensive firepower, like in the Texas game. Yeah,
1: but the weird thing about the Texas game, the weird thing about the Texas game was that both teams were kind of stymied. I don't really see that happening, but as far as, you know, trench warfare and, you know, TC breaking through with explosive plays. Yeah, I mean, I think that is possible to repeat. What's so funny?
3: your
1: cat your cat oh it's going to town on himself
3: i was trying to put my beer in a koozie
0: so 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 hold on a second go back to the texas thing i I think we're comparing these two teams because texas is talented michigan's talented from a you know personnel standpoint Mm -hmm. right michigan has the best offensive line in the country right well we we think Uh, they were awarded that right and you can't say the same for Texas. Now they have a they have a, they had a good one. It's not it's not a bad one, but by any means, I do think that um, Michigan will have more success running the ball than Texas had, which was nothing. I mean, they they didn't run the ball at all. Is
1: is Blake Corum going to play? No, no, he tore his ACL. He had surgery. But like yeah, Donovan it, Edwards, it, Donovan it, Edwards isn't going to be a big drop off. It'll be like Zach Evans to Kendra Miller.
3: So they're going to get better?
2: It's possible, (laughs) sure.
1: No, I don't know if they're going to get better, but I'm not going to say, like, oh, great, you know, this is good for us. Michigan has no running backs. Like, it's not going to make that big of a difference.
0: didn't make a difference in the Ohio State game. I mean, he was out for that game, too, you know?
1: That was kind of a weird game. And I know a lot of Michigan fans point to that game and say, huh, you think TCU is going to hang with us? Look what we did to Ohio State. That Ohio State game is not repeatable. And, in fact, a lot of experts said if – Michigan played Ohio State, you know, three more times. Ohio State probably wins those games. Yeah, wasn't it, it a close game until, what, almost well, the it's, end of the third quarter? It's just the unconventional way that Michigan scored their points. You know, like we talk about TCU being an explosive team, and we repeat that game after game. Michigan does not, and that's what they relied on in that game. Like, when they had to the sustain drives, they were getting stymied. Then they would rely on, you know, a broken coverage from Ohio State or – a missed tackle in space that goes for 80 yards or whatever. Like there were a lot of big plays that won them that game. Yeah. Didn't they have like four touchdowns of like 50 plus yards, like all their something like that. Pretty yeah. much, But on, on drives they had to sustain, they didn't do anything.
0: And that's where you could tell the difference between um, Michigan's uh, just their, uh, their, their strength and their, their stamina over the entire game versus Ohio state at some point in that third or fourth quarter, they did, they, they died. Right. And I feel like that is also a benefit of TCU where they have done the same things to other teams in that fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. They're they're very similar teams. Harbaugh said the scary thing about TCU is they're built a lot like us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: they play, they play a lot of similar in a lot of similar ways. Yeah. Um, the good news is if, if you point to kind of like one thing, if you took two teams and said, all right, who do I think has an advantage? You start at the quarterback position, right? Who do you think has the better quarterback going into this game? TCU. Uh, college I, I quarterback?
0: Think so. I, I think 100% TCU. I think if you're looking at pros prospects, which were, it doesn't matter for the game. I think that's a different story. But would yes. you
1: think of JJ McCarthy as like a no shit five star that has like the same recruiting ranking as, say, like a Bryce Young? No. He was a five star quarterback. Yeah, dude. He's got a an eight recruiting ranking. Really? Like he's an, yeah, he's a no shit star, but it is his first year. You've been diving into these
0: recruiting rankings,
1: Jacob. Yeah. So I, I really got curious about, you know, it, we we joke about logo and stadium size and who has a better team. So I really got curious. Does Michigan actually have a more talented team than TCU
0: real quick? I'm going to pause. This is a folks, this is a Lupton drinking club exclusive <laughs> uh, brought to you by our, brought to you by our co-host JD sailors. Um, you're going to hear a lot about, the talent gap between TCU and Michigan,
1: and, or is there?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and and honestly, it's nauseating at this point because we've been used to these conversations uh, every time TCU matches up with Oklahoma or Texas. But um, Jacob's got another a, a different spin on that. So why don't you give your brief summary of your uh, talent analysis, I guess you could say, and then yeah. maybe some of the some of the results of of that analysis, and we'll dive into that. So
2: well,
1: and and, and really, this this kind of came from you know hearing crap on Twitter about oh, TCU is just another Cincinnati. And I was like, I I think that's bullshit. But I do wonder, what is the talent gap between Michigan and TCU? And the article I wrote, you know, I kind of mentioned there's a lot of ways to look at this. You can look at stats from this year and see, you know, who has the better defense, better offense. But that's a lot lot of that is dependent on the teams you play, you know? Like if you're playing shitty-ass offenses, then your defense should probably be pretty good, right? Um, so what I decided to look at to use for my evaluation was the actual recruiting score of every player on the first team and the second team on the depth chart for both teams. Okay. You following so so far?
0: So why did you choose first and second team? And, and first of all, first question, why didn't you choose everybody? And then second follow-up question, why did you not just pick like starters, like first team?
1: Well, because, you know, like a lot of times the second team does play, you know? Yeah, teams that so, rotate guys in and out. Exactly, especially on your lines, your offense and defensive lines. And then, like obviously, your quarterback is not going to rotate. So I didn't use a second team quarterback. If either team loses their quarterback, that's probably ball game, right? But they also so do it I, a lot
2: too with skill position players. Like yeah, you know, yeah. So I, I looked at first team,
1: I looked at first team, second team, but when I averaged it out, I weighted it. I think I used 80% first team and 20% second team.
0: So most comparisons are going to use recruiting rankings straight up. Why did you yeah. choose uh, so, first and second team? Over? Yeah,
1: that's a good question. So when you just look at a recruiting class, it factors in every single player that you sign in that, um, that particular recruiting class, right? So in the article, I, I talked about the 2016 uh, TCU class that was ranked like 21st in the nation. But a lot of those top guys, and we talked a lot about this last week, a lot of those top guys never even saw the field you know for whatever reason it just didn't pan out right so for the purpose of this research i used guys who are actually on the field so i used the depth chart first team second team and then i went back and i looked at what their recruiting score was for each individual player and then i averaged it out for the first team offense second team offense first team defense second team defense and then i kind of weighted it all and put together like a a total team score right so what it shows here is that there is a 0.0275 gap between Michigan and TCU, with Michigan being the more talented team. So then from there, I got curious is that significant? Have there been other semifinal teams that have overcome a similar gap? And going back to 2018, I only found one team that even came close, and that was 2019 LSU. Actually, I'm sorry, two teams, 2019 LSU but even they don't really count because they have Justin Jefferson ranked as a 0.75 was like, that's like a fringe college player. So if he was a 0.99, like he should be, then they would have been a more talented team than, than OU. We could have gotten uh,
0: a point zero seven five, just, you know, but by, by yeah. our name in the portal.
1: Right. <laughs> or a 0.75. Yeah, that's that's so like,
0: it, so that was obviously a misstep in terms of the recruiting ranking.
1: Yeah, updated. they missed on that one. I mean, to put that in perspective, there's nobody on TC or Michigan that comes even close to that score, first team or second team. It's a it was a ridiculous evaluation. Wonder what that um, guy's up to these days. <clears throat> yeah, he's the best player in football, basically, at least from <laughs> a wide receiver standpoint. Um, but going back, so the more talented team since 2018 is six and two, and if you include LSU. With Justin Jefferson ridiculously underrated. They're seven and one. The the one exception was Clemson in 2019 beat Ohio State despite being the less talented team.
2: So, so that's remember, kind of bad was, so, news for
1: TC.
0: And that was uh was that Trevor Lawrence? hmm Okay. Yeah. So it's so a yeah. lot of it came down to maybe just having that exceptional quarterback that could kind of take him over. Exactly. The
1: top. Exactly. Which we don't really have that advantage in this game necessarily because. Uh McCarthy's a 0.98 and Duggan's a 0.92. Yeah. So we don't have an obvious no shit uh quarterback advantage unless you factor in uh that Max Duggan is on his fourth year and McCarthy's on his first. Because those things matter. And I wrote about that. There's caveats. There's development, there's experience. Those things can shorten the gap. But the thing that TCU's up against is becoming only the second team since 2018 to be the less talented team on paper and win, in a, win a semi-final game. So that's the bad news.
0: Talking about talent real quick, when you're talking about scores, once the player's on campus and they're playing, those scores, again, do not change, right? Right. Like Jefferson's score was a .75 for the rest of his career Correct. because that's what he was rated out of high school.
1: Okay. Which is why I went back for the last, le- for the last like five years or whatever, and looked at, um, does, does being the less talented team even matter? And, you know, it, According to this, it does, at least going back to 2018. And I can't even think of a team from 2017 to 2014 that, you know, performed a major upset being the less talented team. Because you look at there's, you know, Michigan State, Washington, they got waxed in their games. Now, to the people that are comparing us to Cincinnati, that's ridiculous. We are so far above and beyond Cincinnati that Cincinnati is a joke, should not have been there. And they played scared that whole game against Alabama, punting on fourth and short, settling for field goals. They were just happy to be there. I don't think TCU takes a happy to be there approach. So there's things you can do in the game to, you know, mitigate that talent gap, going forward on fourth down, taking risks, having trick plays, not turning the ball over, getting lucky. Um, The coaches can instill a mindset in the team that you belong here. You deserve to win. There's little things here and there that can make up that gap. So even though it suggests that the more talented team always wins, I don't feel any less confident about TCU's chances because of TCU's culture, who our coach is, who our quarterback is. We can hang in this game. We'll we'll be there in the end. It might come down to luck. If we get lucky, we win. If we're unlucky, we lose. I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think TCU is going to be Michigan State, Washington, or Cincinnati, or some of these Notre Dame teams that just get absolutely – blown out of the building because they're happy to be there.
0: One thing that um, I was looking at on your analysis is you had this uh, pretty awesome, like Excel sheet, hopefully that, that'll be able to be shared soon with everybody, but you, you ranked them based on the talent differential from your yes. opponent. Okay. Mm-hmm. And TC is kind of, you know, obviously towards the bottom, but you know, not the worst by any means. Right. Um, what I did is I actually, um, I changed the weight just based on total team weighted talent Okay. okay. So I just filtered at bay, just weighted talent, just from top to bottom at the yep. top. You've got like 2020 Ohio state, just a jog or not. I mean, yep. just everything is perfect. Right. Yep. So if you're looking at total weighted talent, TCU mm-hmm. is the second worst above Cincinnati. Yep. However, 2022 Michigan who they're playing is fourth worst. Yep. So it's not like they're, you know, they're not Ohio state or Alabama over the last four years, you know, or out of these, Georgia, out of, or out of,
1: Georgia, the last couple of years,
0: like, out thank of, God we're not the four seed you did. Tw- you did four <laughs> years or, or five years of rankings. So 20 different teams and both of these teams are in the, in the bottom four. So relatively close is what I'm saying.
1: It is, but it would still be the biggest upset probably in college football history or college football <laughs> playoff history. Playoff yeah. history. Playoff, yes. Yeah. Yes. Playoff history. Yeah. Going As, back to 2014.
0: I think App State over Michigan was probably a bigger now, upset. If but, uh, anybody's
1: wondering why I didn't go back to 2014, is because going back to 2018 took me like four whole days to do. It was extremely tedious research, and I could not look at another depth chart and get those player scores. I just it was too much. So, so, by so I our, think I have enough data to draw a reasonable conclusion that the more talented
0: team wins. Can you finish the analysis up back to 2014 before baseball season starts?
1: I mean, I could, but I mean, if we win or lose, it doesn't really matter anymore. Now, what it, what it does tell me looking forward is if TC wants to compete for a national championship or make the play, you know, I know the playoffs changing, but let's just say the final four, you know, if they want to be a consistent team, they're going to have to recruit a lot better because, I mean, we're in it this year and winning would be, you know, a major upset. But if we want to get to where we no shit belong, you know, this year was a good recruiting class. We're going to need more of those, like every year.
2: Yeah, I think going forward, this year's class would have to be the bottom,
1: right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And then you're probably going to need a no-shit five-star quarterback, too.
0: I think it's going to be fascinating. We've got one more year of four teams to be able to conduct this type of analysis, and then you're talking 12 teams. Think about the gap in talent.
1: Yeah, and then oh. the analysis pretty much starts over, right. you know?
3: yeah Luckily, because with the be with the 12 team though. with the 12 teams there's going to be one uh g5 auto bid yeah so that's going to and throw you like, down like so. stuff
1: and it, it throws things off because if this was a 12 team playoff this year k state would have the buy and we'd be preparing to play like two lane right i think that <laughs> that's something right they probably got to
0: fix in terms of just how they rank that stuff i know that that was their <laughs> initial you know no they want to
1: like- keep conference champions a priority
0: yeah, but that you're gonna have yeah. some. You're gonna have a nine and three SEC championship,
3: and then they're gonna change it. right Or right a nine
1: away. and three Big Twelve team getting a bye, and yep. then a twelve and one Big Twelve yes. team having to play Tulane.
3: Yeah, at least we get a playoff game on campus.
1: That's I was just about to say the same. Yeah, that's the positive. And you know, going into this game too, um, I think something that isn't talked about enough is TCU had to play how many straight games going through their schedule, mm-hmm. and well, now they just had a whole month 10? off. Yeah. And I saw some highlights today in practice of Quentin Johnston cutting like he hasn't cut in a game. You know, he's basically just been running straight go routes since his ankle's been messed up. And now he's doing these in routes that I mean, it looks like he would hurt his ankle just doing one of those.
0: The only downside of this is, you know, I feel like Max, whenever he, you know, his scabs start to bleed again. He really starts to step up his game, and if those oh, those scabs been, ain't going anywhere, if those have healed over the last you know three weeks, I just I don't know I don't know how they, how I feel about Dude, it.
1: Dude, I still have I still have like, at home and picks at them. <laughs> I almost still have scabs from when I played baseball in high school. Those scabs don't go away. The scabs will be there. I feel like there should be a TCU burner Max's elbow scab. <laughs>
2: Sounds like a good opportunity for you. Hey, yeah.
0: Jacob, uh, for real, though, this is great analysis. I, um, Thank you. I'm hoping that that we can share, obviously, on the official account pretty soon about, you know, what this looks like. And I think I think it offers some good questions up about it. Yeah,
1: and, and, and don't get me wrong. I didn't do this, and I'm not saying this to say, you know, this is doom and gloom. TC has no chance. I believe they legit have a chance. I just want to make sure that if we do win, that it's appreciated as, you know, a major win. Because I saw some things on Twitter today that, People were suggesting, well, it's not like if TC wins, it'll send shockwaves through the sports world. Yeah, I kind of think it should. I think it will. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, anyway, um, is there any rebuttal? Did you guys look at it? And I really tore it apart and has rebuttal. Well, I mean, it's
0: very, it's extremely statistically driven. So it's kind of hard to be like, hey, did you uh, check your decimal point on the uh, 2022 (laughs) Alabama team? I mean, no,
1: the numbers are solid. It's just the conclusions you draw from it. Yeah. You know. But yeah, you're a hey, MK, that was a great point about if you uh sort it by just total weighted talent for the team. That's that what I was
0: shocked by is if you change yeah. It, it, yeah, because if you sort like,
1: it that way first, yeah. you look at it and say, Oh, Michigan's just right there with us, you know, we're right. even. They're but not when you sort that, it by differential yeah. and you look at the results, it's like, damn, okay. Well, Nobody's just, been it,
0: in this position
1: and won before.
0: It's interesting because out of the out of the last 20 teams to make the playoff, and you're including Clemson multiple times, Alabama, Ohio state multiple times. Right. right? So just the last five years, the Michigan teams from last year and this year are two of the bottom four teams in terms of talent.
1: Well, when you only have one game on your schedule and you win it, you get to go to the playoffs.
0: I'm just saying, you know,
1: (laughs) and so, and then they show up last
0: year, you know, and they play Georgia and get their.
1: Oh man, they got. their Um, Let's see. What was the differential in that game? 2021 Michigan. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's twice the talent deficit that tcu is facing against michigan this year. right. so, you know, they they didn't have a chance.
0: um so steven johnson uh he's like a blogger and and a podcaster and stuff like that. he he uh was at the presser today for the frogs and, and michigan and he said, you know, you you do see a difference in in terms of teams who have been there before and then yeah. not necessarily like that they're more serious about it or anything. just Like last year, Michigan was the team of like, we're happy to be here and not that TC wasn't taking anything, you know, on seriously. They're not, you know, dancing like idiots or anything, but there's definitely a different feel in terms of the Michigan shows up and it's like, no, we expected to be here and we have different goals in mind. So, yeah, Yeah, you see that at
2: uh, the Super Bowl. What's that? that? You see that at the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah,
2: 100%. Teams that have been there, you know, multiple times as opposed to a team that hasn't been there before.
3: Hopefully they're like the Bills.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they could be, you know, they're not, it's not like, okay, so if I'm looking at 20, like this year's Ohio State team is the third most talented team since I, you know, since 2018. It's not like we're facing that team, right? So you talk about, Michigan playing Georgia last year. I mean, that was such a significant gap. Yeah. Michigan probably should have had an attitude. We're happy to be here, but this TCU team is not out of this game based on talent alone. It's, it's a deficit and it'll be tough, but they're not out of it.
0: I have an I have a question about just the fan base in general. Do you think it's more fun to be a TCU fan than it is Ohio state? Um, Alabama, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Clemson or Oklahoma, like teams that their end goal is playoff, national championship, or bust?
2: I'll answer that. Heck, yeah, it's 100% more fun. Ohio State fans wanted to fire Ryan Day after they lost to Michigan this year.
1: Say Ohio still State, maybe, to. but there's nothing more fun than Alabama. Because well, you're talking we- about national championship or bust. Well, it's usually national championship.
3: We thought that we've been kind of talking about this for a few years with uh what's his name, Poindexter. CXV, Poindexter. Yeah, I mean, they went what ten and two, and they're like, "This fucking sucks." They're going to the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> they're going to the Sugar Bowl, and they're like, "This is the worst season ever."
1: Yeah, but but their Sugar Bowl is like our Alamo Bowl. Are we just so happy we're going to the Alamo Bowl? I, I like would maybe say maybe there's Kansas there's sugar- fans that are like, "Man, TC should be thrilled to go to the Alamo Bowl." I'd love to go to the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> I'd say yeah.
2: the, the Sugar Bowl for Bama is like us going to the Cheez It Bowl or the Music City Bowl.
3: We just have such yeah, a wide so range.
1: So that makes it more fun to be an Alabama fan. Now I wouldn't trade you know the the TCU culture and everything else for anything. But if you're just if you're looking at it objectively in a black hole winning a natty every other year and having, you know, every single one of your alumni in the NFL on Sunday, that's pretty damn fun.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: I just say that's pretty fun. Just in Ohio, like Ray
0: brought up a point about Ohio state and, and Ryan day is 45 and five. He has won 90% of his games and he loses two in a row to Michigan, only one national championship. And a lot of those players were urban Myers players and people want him out of there, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? Who would you? Who could you? Who could possibly replace you and have a better winning percentage than that?" You well, know?
1: Here, here's a reason why I think being an Ohio State fan would suck, is because you're waiting until after what? When the hell is the Michigan game? Like after Thanksgiving, you're waiting uh, till then for your first real game. Yeah, you basically. know when I when I do the viewing matrix, and I oh, TCU's got Oklahoma State. Now we got Texas. Now k-state ou and then every time i look at ohio state it's minnesota illinois maryland and rutgers and that's and i'm like god dang these games are fucking boring
2: yeah usually ohio state only has to get up for penn state and michigan
1: yeah like the the whole tcu schedule is interesting and you know it's suspenseful and it turns knots in your stomach and the game is close and then miss and then ohio state's like uh only six more weeks till we play a real game (laughs) Like, the whole season is preseason. That would would sound so bad.
3: Or they're like, we're only beating Maryland by three. What the fuck is going on? And they're (laughs) pulling their hair out.
0: Well, and then also, and they they didn't have this this year until they got to Michigan, but every year they have a game where it's (gasps) like, oh, we just got drilled by Iowa or Purdue, you know, who came out of nowhere, because that's their, you know, national championship game.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, their stadium is turf. Gross. That's awful. I mean, that right there. I'm out. I don't want to can go there we, now. Can we get the l- grounds so, crew on the phones right now? I'd like to have a chat with them. So, so let's flip this and talk about Michigan. Um, I think Michigan is a cool ass program because they don't have the same expectations as Ohio State does. Maybe now since they beat them twice in a row and they've been to the playoff twice in a row. But I kind of think that's setting yeah. them up for misery in the coming years. It's wild. Michigan wanted to fire Jim Harbaugh two years ago. Yeah, they, well, because well, he kept he couldn't beat anybody. He wasn't even beating Penn State. Hold on. After his playoff loss last year, he flirted with the Vikings. That's before- that's something that's not really getting talked about much. Is a lot of people picked a disaster season for Michigan because they were saying, "Well, okay, Harbaugh goes to interview." It was on national signing day in the spring. <laughs> he basically says. You know, he kind of gave off the impression that I'm definitely getting this job. So see ya. And then he didn't get the offer. And he came back and said, Well, I just had a, you know, had a realization that this is where I actually wanted to be. (laughs) People were like, That's bullshit. Nobody's going to believe, nobody's (laughs) going to play for you. Nobody's going to believe in you. And now here they are undefeated in the playoffs. I I think that's kind of an underrated storyline.
0: You know, he, uh, do do you guys know where he played, um, in the NFL? Colts, right? That's right. Yeah, a coach. Uh, Jeff, uh, what's his name? Saturday, uh, currently interim coach. So you never know. He might still jump to the NFL.
1: I remember him (laughs) kind of being a um, like a career backup, kind of a spare quarterback. Yeah. And then I think Peyton was the one that replaced him.
0: Did you see the uh, I mean, there's so much junk going around from both sides of our burner counts you know throwing crap at each <laughs> other right now but there was a—I uh, thought this i actually laughed at this i thought it was hilarious and it just said sunny dykes could never and it was just a it was just a picture of uh, jim harbaugh like playing football
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's funny
2: um
1: the
2: so burner martin counts have been fun
1: yeah they really have martin are you actually as confident as you're saying on twitter are you just trying to draw michigan burners offside
3: i'm trying to draw them off sides
1: how do you feel about the game
3: i think it's a coin flip like you what you were saying earlier about if we get good luck we win if we get bad luck we lose yeah i think that's pretty much what it's going to come down to um yeah i'm I could I could easily see it going down like the Texas game. And even then, you know, that was in Austin. And this is, you know, a neutral side game.
1: And it was during the middle of our grunt. Right, we that's right.
3: Rest. Yeah, we've been playing, you know, ten did we have a we did not have a week off before the conference championship game, right?
1: I think it was after SMU.
3: No, there was no
1: week before off SMU. before SMU.
3: The- it was before us. I mean, that was our la- that was our bye week.
1: So after Tarleton, yeah, yeah, no, there was we went from Iowa Iowa State to K State next weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not enough people talking about that. You know, they're TCU's getting a month off. Man, they've they've done so well. You know, playing eleven games in a row as far as the the injury and yeah, uh, as far as dealing with injuries and stuff. So many guys playing hurt. Right. So you know, giving them a month off to heal, and I don't know, man. I, maybe we can't beat their ass. Maybe I am as confident as I've I've been tweeting about. Well, if
1: you if you think about back when they were you know really fresh, it was Michigan is OU, but you go back to that OU game, right? You know, Max's ankle's healthy and he's outrunning OU DBs,
3: and know? we're not gonna get fucked by Big Twelve refs.
1: So that was one thing I wanted to say. It's like the one thing that would really disappoint me in this game is if we just get absolutely boned by officiating for whatever reason. Like if it's just so obviously slanted, you know, they're looking at logos and saying, well, that's a pass interference. You know, that that will just drain my energy from the game so much.
3: And (laughs) do you know who's officiating this game? I think it's Pac-12 refs.
1: Oh, oh,
0: that does not sound. Isn't great. that bad? Yeah, that's bad. Sounds bad. I think they're the only ones that are like, uh, like officially worse than Big Twelve. It's like,
1: it's the SEC refs that you look at and say that's the standard of refereeing, right? Like generally, I'd say so. so.
3: So the two uh, conferences that are are you know putting up refs for these two games is the ACC and the Pac twelve.
2: Oh, so I mean they don't heard. have a
1: team in it.
3: Right, right. That I mean that's the fairest way, right?
1: sure but you talk about just quality
3: i don't know which ones are refing the fiesta bowl but i would imagine it's the pac 12 because it's in arizona and and, um, so they're probably as bad as big 12 refs but wouldn't they be mad at at the big 10 i I mean i just think they're breaking up their conference
1: but i don't think it would be like institutional, you know, kind of slant. I think it would be those guys, those personal guys themselves that they probably see Michigan a lot more and think, well, this is the team that's supposed to win. So they might subconsciously Mm -hmm. see plays that go in Michigan's favor.
2: Yeah. Then I guess with that, I guess you would say it'd be a more evenly refereed game against Georgia and Ohio state then. Exactly.
0: So I, (sighs) I think I'm reading this wrong. I looked up the head ref, but he's a guy from the Big Ten, which doesn't make any sense. So <laughs>
1: that would really suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to or, fight. hey, You're maybe not, it's I... the guy from the Big Ten that calls all the penalties on Michigan for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that I was last year. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, good news.
0: That was last year's festival Bowl, fellas. We're looking good. All right. Okay.
1: That'd be. Hilarious. I don't know. Give me the guy the from the Big Ten. Big Ten that hates Michigan. Yeah, then all you have <laughs>
2: is Michigan fans, Michigan burners melting down.
1: Yeah, there. like, oh, man, we always lose with this guy.
3: <laughs> They'd have to change their profile picture back to Central Michigan.
1: <laughs> all right, let me ask you this, though. What what one positional matchup are you most worried about? Pac-12. Shit. All right, whatever. Refs, be, ref the
3: ref. Huh? Defensive line against their offensive line.
1: Yeah, that's. Oh, no, we
0: have, Indians, we have,
3: we right? have,
1: uh, we have SEC.
0: We have SEC refs.
3: Oh,
2: that's oh cool. hell yeah. Yeah. Championship. Frogs out, by baby. 90, baby.
0: Let's go. Frogs Let's by go. 90. <laughs> <laughs> Frogs by 90.
3: <sighs> yeah. Somebody retweeted my tweets from you. earlier.
2: Mismatches <laughs> now.
3: Yeah. So I'm looking
1: at their defensive line and, um, you know, there's two guys that kind of stand out nose tackle Mozzie Smith, senior uber talented guy um, that that's a problem. And then Mike Morris that just sacks the shit out of everybody going up against one of our tackles. I I, I think you combat that with a lot of, you know, short passes, get the ball out quick, Um, because you're not going to be able to let Max sit back. You know, they're they're just they're way too good up front. And. That's kind of one of the weaknesses on our team is our offensive line. That, Besides that, the Iowa state game, when has
2: max been able to sit back and just toss it around? Tarleton. Maybe, I guess
1: Oklahoma, Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma, Tarleton. Yeah. I mean,
1: but to the big 12's credit, there's a lot of really damn good defensive fronts. Baylor, Oklahoma state, um, Texas, Texas tech. tech. Yeah. yeah. Texas, Texas, my God. State. Texas. So it's not like we're, we're not used to being outmatched there. And I think we can scheme around that. So I don't know if that worries me as much. Um, I would honestly, I'm really curious about how, you know, Michigan lining up like eight offensive linemen against our three. (laughs) What what kind of problems that's going to cause for either us or them.
0: I just find it really interesting because Michigan has not played a team like TCU, I think all season, you know, I mean, even if you're talking about like a, a, you know, a quote-unquote high-flying offense, Purdue had a couple plays, but they're not – you know, TCU is so much better than Purdue. That's right. And TCU, on the other hand, we they've played Texas, obviously. I just don't think they've played a similar team exactly like Michigan. So
1: It's, it's a pretty a, fascinating game from that it point. It <clears throat> is.
0: Um, they both – you know, just if you look at raw numbers, just like straight up offensively, they're similar. TCU uh, has more – you know p- – uh, yards per game, yards per play, that sort of thing. But on the defensive side, um, there's a clear advantage for Michigan. I mean, and and if you're looking at their average per game, you're talking about less than 300 yards per game. TCU almost hits 500 yards per of offense yeah. game. So something's got to give there, you know. It's, so hard,
1: it, it's so hard it's to so hard to evaluate skewed. the game
0: based on those I know and you're talking it's different leagues and everything. But guy, I'm saying, dude. Somebody is going to win that matchup, right? And I mean, we if, we haven't if even you told, played me, a if you told me if you told me TCU, team. if you said TCU hits their average of 475 yards a game, I would say, "Okay, we're probably going to win the game." But if you yeah. say TCU is under three hundred, then I don't feel that confident about it.
1: Oh no, I wouldn't either. I, I really well, just think it comes down to random turnovers, missed field goals, Darius Davis breaking a kick return. I think that's. I think
0: the turnovers, honestly, in this game for TCU is the most important thing. They cannot and they don't the turn ball the ball up. over. They cannot give the ball up, a, like let one or less time the entire game, because if it happens multiple times. Mission is just going to hold on to it. They're going to, they're yeah they're going to run back and forth sideline to sideline. Just hold on to it for a while. Yeah,
1: they'll they'll kick field goals and just choke us out. Exactly. I have a question, and I don't know if
2: I'm sounding like I'm underwater. Do I sound good?
0: You, you sound great, Ray. Okay.
2: Um, how many fumbles have we had this year? Just like one, right? Yeah, not
0: that, not a lot. Uh, it's been inter- it, it, what Max has thrown what four or five interceptions, something like
1: that. Yeah, Uh, most of those have been like deep. Four. Yeah, and they've all been bombs or Hail Marys or he hasn't like dropped back to pass, thrown it 12 yards over the middle and didn't see the linebacker.
0: Yeah, a couple of them have been, you're exactly right. Like towards the end of the half, he's just trying to get make a play, you know. Or just a,
1: uh, I'm going to make something happen here and trust QJ and a safety comes over and picks it off. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. It's just, there's not much really else to say about this other than let's just get to Saturday and see what happens. All right. So Jacob, uh, you
0: and I will be there. Is that correct? I'll be. Yep. We'll be All there. right. Uh, Martin and Ray, you guys will be there in spirit. Just like believing in Santa Claus. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's you real know. because y'all say it's
2: real. <laughs> you know, what, what was the quote I said earlier? Um, the true spirit of TCU football lies within your heart.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll be in on the thirtieth. You, so you, so you, Jacob, and uh, heading to the game the next day. We're we're hanging out um, afterwards for a couple of days just to kind of enjoy the the time out there. Not flying Southwest, thank goodness. So yeah, really, um, knock on wood that we will not have an issue with our flights. But
2: Jacob, have you secured tickets yet? Oh yeah,
1: we're all nice. set. I'll be in the lower level.
2: Oh nice. nice. Yeah, thank it's you. in the
1: end zone though. That's the only bad part. But well, that means TC will be coming down there twice. Honestly, you know what? You know what I'm really excited about away from football is going up top to the 50 yard line and watching the Michigan band at halftime. I can't wait for that. I'm a a big, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big nerd for like, I mean, it's really cool to play a blue blood. I know we hate on that a lot, like oh stadium size your logo, but there is something really cool about the history and the mystique. And you know, it's kind of like when we played Ohio State. I was really disappointed they didn't come to the Carter because how cool would it have been to see the buckeyes run out onto our stadium and watch their band. And I I'm just really looking forward to playing a team like Michigan. I'm I'm glad that our first time to the college football playoff we're not up against, you know, like Michigan state, you know?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> better Michigan than like an Alabama
1: or a Georgia for our first time. Well, th- that too. But I just mean, as far as, you know, the, the appeal of the opponent,
0: well, think about the last time that frogs played in the Fiesta Bowl was Boise State. So it's like it's like that sort of like, oh, congrats, you made it. To oh a, yeah,
1: a- yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of bullshit right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, like even if we lose, like I get to watch TCU play freaking Michigan. Like that's pretty, that's cool, pretty awesome, yeah.
2: Dude, yeah, and I tweeted I tweeted this out earlier this week. I mean, every single bowl game, there's been, there's always TCU talk in it. There's TCU Michigan talk. You see TCU promote everywhere
1: on So ESPN. damn good for recruiting because it's normal. Like, like these kids who are in like middle school, high school, they're just seeing us everywhere and thinking, yeah, when you talk about the great teams, it's Georgia, Alabama, and TCU. And Well, Ohio, for sure, you know, like
2: the Rose Bowl. That's yeah. why a TCU has so many California students now.
1: Yeah, and we were on that path back in 2014, 2015, and even going to like 2017, you know. And then we had the last four years, and it kind of just ruined everything. We're, it's like we're starting from scratch again, because there's like a whole like recruiting cycle that doesn't know TCU being good. So it's sure, it's nice yeah. that we're starting back down that path again.
3: It's like something always happens whenever we reach the pinnacle to bring our downfall.
1: <laughs> like the drug bust. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Let's talk about that for a while,
0: <laughs> Fellows, Anything else before we sign off tonight? We need predictions. You wanna, do you want to do predictions? Let's go quick. Let's do it. Volume K, let's do it. All right. Yeah, um, you start. So, I mean, okay. Here's the thing. We're, we we wear purple uh, glasses. I, I, like, it doesn't make any sense for me to 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 go out and pick something normal. So, uh, or, or realistic more realistic is what I'm saying. I am going to go. Um, I think if TCU uh, is going to win this game, they're going to have to score some points. And I think some weird things are going to happen. So I'm going to say TCU 33,
1: Michigan 28. Yeah. All right. I'll go, I'll go next. Cause you know, I don't want to just because we do a TC podcast, I always predict TCU, even though it's worked out pretty much all year. <laughs> Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the weirdness evens out, talent wins, and I'll go Michigan twenty-four, TCU twenty. Yeah, I know. Martin,
2: what <laughs> but, you got? Bring us back up, Martin.
3: I've picked TCU every week, but I have honestly always thought we were gonna win the game. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna go. TCU twenty-seven, Michigan twenty-one. Okay.
1: I think. Hold on. Can I can I ask a quick follow-up? Yeah. You can honestly see Michigan not kicking one single field goal this whole game.
3: Because we get an early lead.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. That's fair. For me, I think that this will be a very tight game. It's going to be weird and funky, and I think the score will reflect that. I've got TCU winning on a Griffin kill, last second field Jesus, goal. Jesus, can you imagine? <laughs> 34-33. Oh,
1: my God.
3: Dude, you know what would be even better?
1: I ho- I so hope Ray, Ray
3: is right. <laughs> you know what would be even better? is if Michigan lines up for a last-second field goal to win and we block it, like, at State, Return
1: it back down to the three. Yeah. And you see me rushing the field, like, meeting the guys in the pile at the three.
0: And then, I and then swear you, to God, if that happens, I'll do it. And then you realize, oh, this is the Fiesta Bowl. It's not a home stadium, so I'm getting arrested.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll,
2: <laughs> what better
1: story to go to jail for? Yeah. I'll be work. bailed out by midnight for New Year's.
2: Or, I mean, it would be even more fun if they just come out and Chick-fil-A peach bowl their ass and just curb stomp them into the into oblivion and beat
1: them, you know, 45 to 14. And it's Not going to rule that out. Fun. You know, let's say McCarthy throws into coverage a couple times in the first half and, you know, we get some trick plays. It, it's, <laughs> that's very, very possible. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so looking forward to it, man. man. It's all I can think about right now. If we win, I'm
2: going to have the greatest New Year's Eve ever.
0: I will just be – I'll, be, black out. I'll yeah. be blacked out. I'll be blacked out. Blacked out from happiness in your spirit. Right. <laughs> Fellas, we got a huge bowl game coming up. Um, I mean, outside of the Rose Bowl, like you said, Ray, uh, this is probably the biggest uh, – bowl game in program history
1: without question the the biggest not even close forget the the rose bowl what i'm absolutely the the rose
0: bowl set us up for for past success this is the future i get it i'm just it was just this is the
1: present we win this game we're four quarters away from a damn natty
3: yeah this is the biggest bowl game since the 1938 sugar bowl i remember (laughs) it like it was yesterday
1: he's right
2: fellas this is the biggest moment in t I would say this is the biggest moment in TCU history. There, there's no
1: question.
0: So there's let's go no beat question. the shit out of Michigan. Let's go.
1: Let's, yeah, let's go. All right. Go Frogs. All right, boys. See ya. Go Frogs. Night. Go Frogs.